Welcome into the Locked On Bulldogs postcast. I am Tanitra Batiste along with Jarvis Davis, and we are here to give you guys a little bit of the deets and our quick thoughts, quick reaction to tonight's Georgia Bulldogs game against the Kentucky Wildcats. Of course, Georgia went into the game with a number one ranking, Kentucky ranked number 20. But you would never have known that these were two top 25 ranked teams the way Georgia came out of the gates. Of course, they get the 51 to 13 win improved to a perfect 6 and 0 on the season. But what impressed me the most or one of the things I should say because there were a number of things that were impressive in this game Jarvis. Georgia scored touchdowns. Yes, touchdowns on the first three drives and scored touchdowns on four of those first five drives. So did you feel like you finally saw the aggressive calling the aggressive play calling that we were looking for from Mike Bobo. Absolutely. When you think of, I think this was the game that Mike Bobo said, I understand what Kirby Smart wants to do. Honestly, I know you might give my dog. I understand. I get it. You know, pun intended, but this is who we are. We are a team that can pass the football. We can take advantage of the opposing team secondary pretty much every Saturday for the rest of this doggone season, uh, even going into the SEC championship. Because when you think about the weapons that they have, they have the best player in the country in Brock Bowers. Notice what I just said. The best player in the country in Brock Bowers in 2023. Y'all know Caleb Williams is an absolute man child. He's going to be number one pick in the overall pick in the NFL draft next year if he comes out. But I feel like this year, Brock Bowers has proved that he is the guy that if you get him the rock, they will score. And I think that you add add to that, Ra-Ra Thomas, you add to that, Dominic Lovett, you add to that guy like Dejon Edwards and Oscar Dilp, you know, who got him a touchdown catch this uh, this game to, uh, to, um, tonight. So when you add on top of that, all of those weapons right there, I really feel like this – particular offense can be better if they understand like my Bobo, Bobo understands if Kirby Smart follow Mike Bobo lead on this one too I really feel like this team offensively can be much better than it was last year because the pass catchers that they have this year I just really feel like this can be really really special yeah I would venture to say the same man literally when 12 12 different individuals catch passes in a game that speaks volumes about just how potent it could be. And of course we say pass catchers because you had your running backs as well as your receivers and your tight ends. It was just an absolute, it it was just amazing because it was absolutely balanced. And when I say that balanced across the passing game, but also then balanced across the pass plays and the run plays. Now I mentioned that, but also I think it's very important to note just what you said taking advantage of the weapons that you have in the passing game and being able to score those touchdowns that we talked about all on pass plays. I think that's pretty impressive as well. And yeah, Brock Bowers, seven catches, 132 yards. I mean, you're essentially averaging almost two first downs every time you catch the ball. I mean, that's really what that means. That's how you are really impacting the game and moving the chains, but not just by himself. And granted, like you said, Ray Ray Thomas, Dominic Lovett, but Marcus Roseman, St. Jack, who caught that first ball, that's impressive. I mean, that to me is is impressive as well because he's a guy who sometimes we forget just how good he is because he's kind of been around for a while and he's just kind of been uh, 
consistent, the Wiley veteran. Uh, on that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, right, the yeah. consistent old OG in the room, right? Yeah, the exactly. Consistent yeah. OG in the building. But the OG almost got himself 100 yards, just one yard short of 100 yards for uh, the game. Four catches. Again, very efficient. You're talking about tw- almost 25 yards a catch when you average it out. So I do like that because, to your point, Jarvis, this is a team and a program that's known for their run game. And don't get me wrong, run game was on 10, 173 yards. So you basically saw the dogs do to Kentucky, gave them a taste of their own medicine, right? right. But I think what we wanted to see Bobo do was basically open up that offense. And the way you open up an offense is to let your passing game do all the talking. And they finally, finally did that. And we knew they could. Now, a couple of days ago on the Atlanta Football Party, which is our weekly show, Talking Dogs Football, we talked about Kentucky's lack of efficiency on third down and wanting mm-hmm. to see Georgia then force them into situations where they were in third and longs. And they did a very great job of that to the tune of two, just two for 11 on third down conversions. So when you looked at that, this defense and how they performed tonight, how were they able to keep Kentucky in unfavorable down and distance situations? I mean, I think they took away their best player, right? Ray Davis was the guy who just ripped all over Florida last week. And and obviously that was the game plan, trying to come in and take advantage of Georgia's um, uh, vulnerability to the quarterback running the football for the most part on the edges. And they tried to take advantage of that to start the game off. But when you really take a look at what this Georgia defense was able to do, and mm-hmm. I think you you brought up a great point with it, with the whole third down conversions that they made them one dimensional. Yes. And when you look at Devin Leary, I even tweeted out during the game. I was you know I was kind of jokingly, but I was I was joking, but I was dead serious. I was like Devin Leary is a poo poo, you know, you know, as far as throwing the football because there was some time there were times where Kentucky wide receivers were running wide open and yeah. he just missed them. Or the guy just dropped the ball. So it just seems like Kentucky just wasn't mentally ready for this game because I I think that, you know, we talk about all the penalties that they had on on the offensive side of the football. It just seems like they just weren't quite ready. And I think that Georgia's defense was able to take take advantage of that, right? Like uh, as far as you start seeing them start – Sending pressure from the second level. You saw Jamon mm-hmm. Dumas Johnson get home a couple of times, and that's why I talked about him being a guy needing to step up in this game yes. because he hasn't been playing on the on the level where he needs to be in order for this defense to to get to at least a level of uh, meet the level of expectation that Kirby Smart has for them for his defense. Period across the board. So I, I think that your defense. We saw the defense kind of grow up just a little bit, you know, as far as hey stepping up to the tags like hey. Y'all better not let nobody come up in here between the hedges and, and run the football on y'all like that because we know what, you know, what that can bring for an offense and having a two-way go as far as you don't know what they're going to be throwing at you. And then the, the main thing was that they're able to get those guys to uh, one-dimensional and yeah. make um, Devin Leary make throws, and you saw what you saw the result of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. back there trying to make throws on, on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. 10 of 26 for just 128 yards. And like you said, a quarterback that could be mobile. Well, if you have three carries for a negative 28 yards, I'm going to say you're not really as mobile as maybe you were thought to be. And again, it's also important that 
Georgia made a statement early and said, hey, Ray Davis, you're certainly not going to be the reason that Kentucky not just wins this game, but also you're not going to be the reason that Kentucky competes. And they were able to hold Ray Davis to uh, 59 yards as well on 15 carries. And really that was only because one of those carries was for 11 yards. So that number, that yardage or uh, average, if you will, would have been even worse. So, yeah, it was the dominating performance that we wanted to see. Now, I don't know if FanDuel would have stated this <laughs> ahead of time <laughs> that they thought that this was going to be. I mean, we know that, you know, Georgia, of course, was favors, but we don't know if Georgia was 38 point favors per se. But anyway, <laughs> FanDuel probably at least has some information for you that could be helpful in terms of games because we know Jarvis, that there are some big matchups come Sunday, uh, NFL Sunday, if you will. But want some tips? Jarvis and Vandal are going to tell you what you need to know for football on a Sunday. Folks, Jarvis Davis here. For Fanduel. I want you to talk to or mess with and go to this website and go to the best sports book in America. Guess what, guys? Snap into the action with the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers. If you have not gone to FanDuel before, I don't know why, you know, because it is the best sports book in the entire of the entirety of America. Um, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. All you got to do is just go to FanDuel dot com slash locked on and if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action guess what guys you don't have to worry about anybody getting your information you gotta worry about none of that stuff the app is safe secure it's super easy to use um also there's a wide range of betting options like T mentioned like you're talking about the the spread I think it was what 14 and a half points coming into this game Georgia covered that very easily. Did you win some money? If you didn't, you are slipping. So I need you to go to fanduel.com slash locked on right now because they have this $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So all you got to do is go visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Not a bad deal to spend $5 to maybe get 200 I mean, that's the same $5 that you would probably spend on your coffee. And this way, it'll actually pay dividends with FanDuel. Drivers, I want to go back to something as well. It's kind of like two sides of the same coin, and that's the, the running coin, the rushing coin, right? I wanted mm-hmm. to go back to the fact that, because to me, this is still impressive. Kentucky, in juxtaposition to Auburn, Auburn rolled up 219 yards on this Georgia defense just a week ago. And you heard player after player after player talk about the fact that they had pride and they weren't about to let this happen again. And they were going to make sure that Kentucky knew that, hey, you can't just come in to Athens and just run on us. Well, no, because you actually held them to about a third, actually less than a third of what you allowed for with Auburn with just 55 yards. So I just wanted to kind of go back to that Jarvis and get some just more expounding on how you feel like Georgia was able to do that, particularly in establishing that run defense early and then consistently showing that they could stop the run throughout this game. Yeah. I I think it starts with the linebacker play, right? Like, because when you think about, you know, being in certain different, different types of formations, there are certain guys that are, have a, a 
responsibility to make sure they, you know, get into those those right run fits. And I think that Smell London and uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, those guys were coming downhill and, and fitting right where they needed to be um, on, on on certain plays. And 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 a lot of t- and also it, it kind of goes into this whole team factor too. Like when you think about you know offense, defense, special teams, mm-hmm. like the way the offense played. They scored 14 points in the first quarter. That's yeah. almost uh, matched the amount of points they scored in the first quarter in the entire five games that they played, the previous five games that they played in. So think about that for a second. Like yeah. they put up a, a lot of points when it's come, if, as far as 2023 goes. You know, we know what they were able to do um, as far as, you know, in the previous years, they were able mm-hmm. to put up a lot of points and, and hey, and they are. In the fourth quarter, they got the backups in and all that stuff. That's what we're used to seeing, right? Right. But that hasn't been the case this year. But for them to be able to come out, put some points on the board, get that defense in a point, get that defense comfortable, give that defense a lead, you get the right guys start. Now you got guys like Michael Williams coming off the edge and, and rushing the passer because this team is one dimensional. And we know that that was Kentucky's biggest weakness. That's why they were able to stop the run because, hey, they had to catch up. They knew yeah. they were going forward in, on fourth down in the mm-hmm. front, in, in the second quarter because they yeah. know for a fact they were down. They have to get touchdowns. They can't settle for field goals. So I, I think that the, the fact that the way the offense played, I think that helped drive this, this game home and get to where it needs to be where you saw the backups. You saw Brock Vandergrip in the game and saying, you know what? The offense did their job, so the defense can easily do their job. And I think you start seeing those two parts working together, and that's what the, the result of it was what you saw tonight and having those backups in and saying, like, that, hey, like we understand Kentucky has been a pretty consistent team, and Mark Stewart's done an excellent job there. But, hey, y'all still Kentucky. And, yes, we have we're now, what, won 13 straight on, against you guys or 14 straight 14, against you guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's where we are right now. This is exactly how it's supposed to be. And I think the it was a product of those two units playing together. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you dig into the numbers just a little bit in terms of winning, extending their winning streak to 23 straight games, the Bulldogs, that is, and are the SEC's lone unbeaten team this season. You also called it out 14 in a row over Kentucky and 33 straight regular season games dating back to 2020 regular season wins against Mississippi State. And how do you do that this week, right? How do you get into your first game with your with a top 25 team and be able to literally manhandle them? One of the ways you're able to manhandle them is for Carson Beck to absolutely command this offense. It was it, it was really yeah, his, and I say his best performance because, of course, you hope that he continues to improve week over week, but we're actually seeing it, right? So it's one yes. thing to hope, like, hey, your quarterback gets better, he gets more confident. If he makes a mistake, like the pick that he threw, he bounces right back and he's good to go. But 28 to 35 is also a very, very clean, very efficient game. I mean, that's like, like here, I'm doing the middle math. That's like right. 80%. You literally completed 80% of your passes, 389 yards, four touchdowns. What a night for Carson Beck. Yeah, like I know people talked about how he grew up last last week, you know, uh, um, uh, against, you know, he grew up in in the last matchup, you know. Right. Well, he must be grown, grown this week. (laughs) Right. Like, but this, 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 this game right here, T, 
Like this almost is like, hey, you getting the party with mom and dad and, and the blue lights in the basement. Right. Party I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? Right. You can come kick it with the adults now. You know, right. you can right. go into the basement and say, hey, mom, mom might even pass you a little strawberry daiquiri or something. You know, right. with a little twang in it. Ooh, why this taste like this, mommy? Because you're grown, in your- grown. <laughs> yeah, because you grown, grown now. Carson Beck is grown, grown now. The yeah. way he was throwing the football, oh my gosh, dude! Like when you think about. Ball placement and and, yes. and leading your receiver to yeah. water to drink, and yeah. he was doing that tonight. That pass to Rosemary Jack Saint, oh my God, that was a perfect, it was perfect pass. Like yeah. you can't ask for a better pass like that. All he had to do is put his hands out there, and the ball was right there. Even on and then on the penalty when they had the penalty on that play, and he um caught him off, caught the defense off guard. He threw that ball. All Jack, Jackson had to do was just turn around. Boom, ball was yeah. right there in his chest. Yep. He just fall down and catch it. And I'm just like, this dude is just throwing some. He's he's literally, he's in the blue light. He's in the basement party right now. T, drinking some strawberry daiquiri with mom and dad. And he's just mm-hmm. kicking it right now. And I think that Mike Bobo understands that. And when you're talking about completing your first 12 passes and the way Mike Bobo was calling plays and stuff like that, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. This is this is this was a beautiful thing to watch. It was a beautiful yeah. thing to watch because I know I had my reservations about mm-hmm. Carson Beck at the start of the season, and I think rightfully so. But now I'm starting to see, hey, the, the, this kid got something. He got something, and I think he's kind of really leaning into it because, hey, if you, all you got to do is just find 19, and mm-hmm. you're starting to see you see the, the, that throw and catch by uh, Ra-Ra Thomas to, on tonight as well. This is... This passing game for for Georgia is a strength. Yeah. This passing yes. game is yes. a strength. It, they need to lean into it. They, uh, Mike Bobo is, and Kirby Smart needs to get on board too because this is what can carry you to another SEC championship and potentially yeah. making a run in the college football playoff. Yeah, an efficiency rating of 204.5. Absolutely staggering by Carson Beck. 11 touchdowns and just three picks in his first six games this season. Now, listen, and look, we've getting a comment from AW22. He says, that's what I wanted from Beck. I just wanted him throwing the ball because the guy could throw. Also, Brock Bowers, AW22 says, what a game for him, too. I agree with both of you on Beck. Appreciate you stopping by. And, yeah, listen, AW, we need to give Beck his flowers when he's there because we talked about conservative Carson, right? And today, Mm -hmm. tonight, we didn't see conservative Carson. We saw Bobo allow him to let it rip, and then he ripped. And listen, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the really great things we saw out of Georgia tonight. But also, Jarvis, there's always room for improvement. There's always opportunity. So we'll talk a little bit about what those just little areas of improvement could be for the rest of this season as Georgia moves forward. Boy, oh boy. So the other thing I wanted to talk about or just kind of ask you before we kind of go into areas of improvement. It's almost, right, exactly. uh, yeah, I, I almost feel odd, <laughs> right, odd saying, saying that when you drop 51 on a team and you did it, and this is one more positive thing that I want to say before we kind of walk into areas that you think they may improve in. Going back to the grown, grown conversation, of what you want to see out of your quarterback and that he has matured is you come out of that halftime, right? And sometimes there's a little bit of a letdown. You take your foot off the gas or what have you. And not saying Georgia did that, but in this case, Kentucky gets, you know, an interception kind of coming out of halftime and maybe that they're thinking, okay, okay, we're in this thing, right? Wrong. 
strong because it's 34 to 13. That's all you score for the rest of the second half. I think that's an important piece as well because then the Bulldogs go on to score another 17 points. Of course, that's, uh, you know, you got Beck in and then, of course, you have Mark Vandergrift. And so uh, you had a, a collective there. But I think it also goes to the maturity of not just Carson Beck, but the maturity of the dogs to say, okay, you picked him off. Ray Davis, you got your 26-yard touchdown. Great. You think you're back in the game because you cut the deficit a little bit. And then Georgia comes in and puts their foot on the gas. The reason I mention that is because I think that's also important as well because teams are always going to be coming for you. You're the two-time national champion, and they're going to try their best to go into halftime, especially if they feel like they have a shot and you don't want them to feel like they can ever come back and do anything. So I think in addition to the 34 points in the first half, I think the 17 points in the second half are important as well, just to make sure people understand or other teams understand Georgia can not make it a game in the first half and then they can come back and do it with authority in the second half as well. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the thing that, you know, you talk about being battle tested, right? Like you've been, been in a certain situation before because we've seen them down in, fir- in the first half of games and, and be able to come back and figure it out. But I, I think that, you know, what we saw tonight is mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the product of working the, the improvement that we've seen game by game. Yeah. Right? We've seen Carson Beck, you know, start a little shaky in the first half, like, all right, man, well, uh, we need to see what Brock Vandegrift could do. Like, or, you know, like, this is, these are some of the things that, you know, that thoughts that crossed my mind early on in the season. Right. But as you see the progression, right, that you see the confidence that the offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, has in Carson Beck. Like, we start to see that. Like, once you start seeing the OC start to have that confidence in his quarterback that quarterback feels that he understands that, and you starting to see a product of that on the field because we talked about in the, in the previous segment. Like, hey, see, look at the throws that this dude is making. He's yeah. very confident in in throwing the football. So I, I think that you know, being able to jump out on teams in the in the first half is becoming full a full circle team because you like you said you you've experienced starting the slow starts. Like we've we've seen that. Hopefully, we've moved past that. And mm-hmm. now we can start to see, hey, getting off to a quick start. Yeah. Hey, making sure that running game is getting to the level where Kirby wants it. Yes. Now, I know what the identity of this team is. The identity of this yeah. team is yeah. they can pass the rock. Yep. And they have plenty of guys that can get the job done. It started with 19, <laughs> you know, and working your way down. And it's not <laughs> too far off now. You know, right. Robert Thomas, that dude is, is a talented football player. But – Brock Bowers, the best doggone college football player in the country. And I think that this is – we're starting to see this Georgia football team come together, and I really feel like this is an identity. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that, that, hey, the offense could be leading the way and yeah. the defense is following suit, you know, yeah. uh, you know, as far as what, what, what this identity of this team is. And I think mm-hmm. that this offense is good enough to do that. And yeah. I, as much as young talent that they have on the defense side of football – they just has just as much talent and more experienced talent on the yeah. offensive side. And I think we're starting to see what that is and what that looks mm-hmm. like. And I think that, you know, hey, they need to lean into it as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And one of the things that you called out as we each week talk about what that identity looks like or feels like week to week. And we use kind of our one word. Yours was composure. And I think you saw that really in all phases of the game, because, again, the offense they made a statement from the beginning and in order for you to keep that consistently throughout four 
quarters, you've got to have composure, right? Same thing mm-hmm. for the defense when, you know, there's a turnover and Kentucky comes back and scores as a young defense that could shake you, but it did, it didn't shake them. They really just kind of put their foot to the gas and said, okay, I mean, shake it off. And we're going to have what I like to call selective amnesia. Now at Willie Carswell jr. Says best player. I would argue that Brock Bowers is the best player in college football. And you know what, Nate dog Jarvis would agree with you because yeah, he's definitely, you, yes, and I, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm there. And already. I think it is, yes. I think it is the super ballot argument and we appreciate the co-sign and appreciate you checking us out the one thing i will say is and let me give my one word as well my one word for uh this past week for them was gritty and it may not have been a 26 to nothing type gritty 27 to nothing type gritty if you will or grimy but it was still gritty and grimy because i think sometimes you have to get in there and you have to impose your will right so kirby smart talked about this he talked about the fact that Anytime they play Kentucky, anytime the dogs play UGA or the dogs play Kentucky, excuse me, dogs play the Wildcats, it's always, it's a fight. It's a fight because they're like a grimy physical team. Well, you know what? I think Georgia was like, we're not just going to match your physical, but we're going to out physical you. That's what I saw out of them. So that's why I say I'm going to stick with my word of gritty because I think I saw a gritty gutsy performance start to finish that it didn't matter what Kentucky's game plan was. Georgia not just had an answer for it, but they executed. However, as with anything, there can always be just a little bit of room for improvement. And Jarvis, whether that is play calling, whether that is execution of the plays, or whether that's an individual player, what area what or, or what player would you want to say, hey, not saying that player didn't do well tonight, but hey, I'd like to see you step it up next week when Georgia takes on Bandit. Oh, it has to be the defensive line. I want I want those guys to start causing some havoc that yeah. I know they can. I'm not just saying that they should be. I know that they can. I know Warren yeah. Brinson can. I know Michael Williams can. I know those guys can cause some havoc. And I and I think that you know once you get that opportunity to make a, a defense, I mean, offense one dimensional like they did tonight. Yeah. I want to see some of the – I don't want to have to see them, hey, have to come from the second level and send in corners and send in the star and, and send in Dumas Johnson and all those guys to, to uh, put the quarterback on the ground. I want to see Brinson. I want to see Michael Williams because I know those guys are, are absolutely capable mm-hmm. of doing it. So, yeah, this is that's what I want to see. I want to see progression up front. We started yeah. to see a little progression with the linebacker core. We started to see a little pro, uh, um, progression with the uh, secondary – I want to see those guys up front do what they need to do. I'm not asking them to be all first-round draft picks and everything like that. I'm not (laughs) going to do that. I'm not yet anyway. But Mm -hmm. when you talk about what you're capable of doing and doing it that consistently, that's that's what I need to see more improvement from on on that defensive line up front. Yeah, and I think that's the conversation we've been having as well, just kind of, like you said, looking for that defensive front to really kind of dictate the game. Right. And so that, like mm-hmm. you said, whether it's a, a on the run game, in particular the run game, but literally just making sure that, hey, you're never going to get to the second level. That's never going to be a conversation. So like you, that's probably where my eyes are going to be next week, because I feel like in every other phase, I feel like with the secondary, if we're talking defense, also all phases of the offense, I feel like I was very pleased with the O-line on through. So I think, yeah, I'll probably have my eyes peeled on that D-line as well. Well, like we said, guys. Georgia heads up to Vandy. They're going to have their third, what, third SEC game of the year. And um, 
Listen, noon kickoff is going to be early. New, exactly. <laughs> early bird special for UGA. So, therefore, you'll hear from Jarvis and I at a decent time uh, next right. uh, Saturday. But anyway, listen, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Congratulations, of course, to Dog Nation with that 15 to 13 absolute manhandling of Kentucky to improve the 6 0. And we will call it another, what is this, six weeks in a row, number one ranking for the Georgia Bulldogs. For Jarvis Davis, I am Tanisha Batiste. And as always, guys, don't stop here with the Georgia Postcast. Check us out all throughout the week with all of our Locked On Postcast, our podcast here on the Locked On Sports Network. We'll see you guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.